1: howdy folks nathan coming at you from the tfl studios with the tfl truck podcast and i've got case next
2: to him yeah i'm I'm back for another podcast uh andre will be back soon but he and roman right now are at the chicago auto show covering a lot of really cool vehicles that are coming out right
1: now so i'm subbing in and they're eating some outstanding pizza I know it's a debate, but it's really good compared to Denver. Um, so, uh, just we're going to hop right into it. But before we do, we wanted to talk about our Patreon um, and well, friends. we gotta
2: we gotta let them know what this podcast is. It really about. It really does help if we do that. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, yeah. The, the podcast is about uh, purchasing trucks under ten thousand dollars, especially in today's economy, which is a terrible economy for buying any vehicle but there are some out there, and we were looking at some interesting alternatives. Sure, we could do 1500s from Chevy or Ford F-150s and Rams and whatnot all day long, but we wanted to look at some other options out there or some unique versions of these vehicles, and we looked at a few different locations. Instead of just using Denver and Boulder, uh, you know, their Craigslist and whatnot to find them, we decided to look in three different locations throughout the country. So we're gonna cover that in just a bit,
2: um, yeah, basically, Nathan put together a list of 10 interesting trucks that he found that are pretty affordable. And I'm, I'm going to take the role of the, of the viewers and grill him a little bit on some of his choices because there's a couple weird ones yeah, on this list. The
1: weird ones are awesome. I love weird, as you guys know. And most importantly, um, there are a few things to consider. First of all, there are a lot of trucks out there that you guys may be looking at where you're thinking, mm, that is way out of my price range, even though I really want a Tacoma. Well, we have some options for Tacomas. The same goes, once again, for other types of trucks, or perhaps trucks that you weren't thinking about. And yeah, okay, all of them have high mileage, although yeah, there, there are, uh, I think there's at least one that has under 100,000 miles on it, but they're under 10 grand, in some cases way under 10 grand, and they're located, well, uh, Los Angeles, uh, which is my original stomping grounds, Atlanta, that's Ooh. Cases, original stomping grounds, 18. and uh, Colorado. And also, I think there's one in Iowa as well. We just kind of threw that in there. So Yeah, and these are all trucks that
2: ideally could be good for a first truck if you're looking for your first pickup truck because they're affordable, and that means that it's going to be better for a lot of people for doing actual work or off-roading because you're not going to be too worried about damaging a 50, 60,
1: sometimes now even up to a $100,000 brand new truck. <laughs> Exacto And then on top of that, a lot of you guys in the past have been asking about trucks that we would have picked different trucks for some of the uh, events we've done recently or special uh, videos including to hell and back again our $10,000, oh sorry, $5,000 <laughs> truck challenge which um, is a video series on tfl truck and tfl off-road yeah a really cool one it's it's a really good one and we're doing another one slightly different in the very near future but that has to wait just a little bit before we announce everything. Okay, so let's get to it. Absolutely. Uh, we've got some great people from Patreon who uh, have sent us some comments. We want to read you those comments and also answer a few questions. Patreon is the way that we are able to perform. We don't make very much money off of YouTube alone, so Patreon really does help, and it helps Case with those fantastic haircuts he gets. Woo! Okay, I'm <laughs> sorry. Dude, <laughs> you, you have hair, I don't, so you know, I have to admire Yeah, yeah you, you got
2: to make fun of something, so, right? I got to do something, right?
1: All right. So um, you want to start with uh, the first one with from Catherine, or you want me Absolutely, to? Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got three quick
2: questions here from some of our Patreon members. So the first one is from Catherine Montez, and she's reaching out because she has to decide on a truck. Now, she has a 9,500-pound, 32-foot RV trailer, and this truck that she gets to tow this trailer is going to be her first truck so she's looking into rams uh, unless there's another manufacturer that she would potentially be better Uh, and she's really trying to figure out if she wants to go for a 1500 or a 2500 and if there's a particular trim or tow package that's most suitable
1: um okay so let's get started with this first of all when we saw this the first thing that we did was we researched if there were any 1500 trucks out there that would be suitable because In my mind, if we can get close to those numbers, more importantly, above those numbers with the 1500, it might be less expensive and it would be a little bit more affordable or, you know, a little bit more frugal, stuff like that. And no, nothing really comes to mind when it comes to 1500 trucks. And there's a reason for that. She says the trailer weighs 9,500 pounds. Well, we can assume that that's dry. So how much weight do you add to your vehicle, your trailer, before you start towing it? I know with my little tiny crappy tent trailer, which weighs, I think, 1,200 pounds, that my spouse is going to add like 500 pounds worth of stuff for a three or four day trip. That's just a small, tiny, insignificant trailer, a large trailer that you're going to be spending a lot of time with. You're going to be adding, you know, fluid to it and water and all that stuff and food and obviously bedding and all the other things you're going to be adding to it, several hundred pounds worth of weight. So suddenly... 9,500 pounds actually becomes close to 10,000 pounds. All right. Well that suddenly disqualifies a lot of vehicles because you need a cushion. You have to talk about tongue weight as well. So a lot of trucks out there that might tow about that much may not be able to hold that much with tongue weight when you have passengers. So you have to look into that. Unfortunately, that basically disqualifies 1,500 trucks. Am I right?
2: Yeah, and you know one of the big things that we've found because we tow a lot here in Colorado with a bunch of different trucks, we tow a lot of different types of trailers is that if you're closing in on the maximum of what your truck is capable of, you're going to start potentially having issues, especially when we're in a place like Colorado where we're not only at high elevation, but we're in the mountains. So you have steep grades, things that are going to push your vehicle and test it its limits so ideally you want to have some capability to spare and a 2500 will have no problem towing that trailer at all especially if you haven't had a lot of trucks in the past you don't tow all the time it's just going to give you extra confidence extra stability
1: and that truck is going to be under stress which is ideal yeah now let's get into the nuts and bolts of this now first of all some of you may be asking, oh, well, there's another truck out there. What about the Nissan Titan XD? True. So we did do some research on it. And there is, if you go for the maximum tow version of that. Now, by the way, we don't know. Uh, Catherine didn't mention whether or not this is a bumper pull trailer uh, or if this is a gooseneck. Right. So that does make a big difference in terms of what you how you're going to pull it. Um, regardless, let's just assume... That it is a bumper pull, you know, standard trailer, you know, large Airstream or something like that. Um, The Nissan Titan X-D is excellent at towing, but at 10,000 pounds, let's say that trailer is going to weigh 10,000 pounds, you are starting to get up there near its maximum, which is around 11. So I would say that I would rather have a little bit more of a cushion, but... 1,000 pounds is a pretty decent amount, you know, in terms of cushion, but I'd rather get more. So I would move up to something that's going to have no problem pulling the trailer, and I'd probably go for diesel. Now, if that's the case, you obviously are looking at the big three. So that eliminates Nissan, obviously eliminates Toyota. That means that you're going for 2,500. You don't really need to go up to a 3,500. I don't think you need a dually or anything like that. You don't have to go crazy. Now, I would say that the two brands that I would look at would be Ram, what you know, and so would Case because he loves Cummins. <laughs> True. Uh, but also Ford, and there is a reason for Ford, um, aside from the fact that they really do build an outstanding, you've seen it in action. Oh, um, absolutely. The, their, their turbo diesels are fantastic.
2: Yeah, the 6.7 makes tons of power. I mean, you know, I, they're, great for towing but even if you're just cruising around town you get on the throttle in that truck and they're impressively it quick It all really awesome. moves
1: but the re- the naturally aspirated gas 6.7 liter the, their Godzilla you know which we've had or the 7.3 7.3 6.7 yeah, yeah sorry <laughs> numbers get messed up in my head so anyway the point is 7.3 liter that one which is the least expensive option you can get is phenomenal for a gas engine. And as I said, we've had experience with it. So you get that with the, the twenty five hundred truck and suddenly you have a relatively inexpensive option for towing. But it also has some really good towing aids that you can get as options, I believe. I don't know if they come standard with the twenty five hundred, but you said that this is your first trailer, so backup assist and some of the other pro systems that they have are quite good. So that's something to keep in mind. Now, with RAM, you can also get a large Hemi, um, which is extremely capable. But I'm sure Case would agree. There, they have a couple different levels of uh, power for their diesels. So their base diesel. Yeah, they've um, got the high output. The high. You're right. Um, I think would be all that you need. I, they have a. Yeah, I mean,
2: if, if one way or another, if you end up getting a diesel version of a heavy-duty truck, you're going to have more than enough power and especially torque to pull that trailer wherever you need to go. Um, depending, I mean, the nice thing really about a diesel, other than the torque, is the fuel economy that you mm-hmm. get, obviously. Um, maintenance over the long term, things like having to replace injectors, that can definitely get expensive.
1: But that's, but you're, you know, in her case, if she gets a brand new one, it won't be an issue for a while.
2: Yeah, it shouldn't though, so. be as much of an issue. but uh, So it kind of depends. You, you'd yeah. have to figure out for your use case. Um, if you're towing a lot on flat ground, then you might not need the diesel. It's definitely nice to have. They're a lot more expensive to buy up front. But, uh, yes, yeah.
1: they are. But recently we also, I mean, look, Chevrolet, we had that Duramax yeah and that one uh they start like in the low 50s i think to get you know i think it's kind of their base model work truck four-wheel drive with the extra cab and there's a couple other things and you can get them for the same price that you can get a 1500 Um, and it all all of three of the major manufacturers actually have something like that which is great um all of those trucks will be more than capable of towing this load now there is one final thing before we move on uh, make sure that you have the right uh, rear. Uh, you know, yeah, ratio. the rear end ratio. So for sure. it, you know, and and do your research on that. Um, if you get the wrong one, then you will be struggling, perhaps for power, or perhaps for MPG, or you know, it. it there are various things that, that having the proper rear end can do to assist you for towing. And most trucks that have a tow package usually have you know, the rear end ratio set up so you can get your best performance for towing. Uh, but that might lead to a truck that's not as efficient, that type of thing. So keep that in mind. Um, if you want, send us another uh, note letting us know a little bit more about the trailer that you're pulling and what you're looking at, perhaps yeah. budget. And, and also
2: w- let us know if you're planning to daily drive this truck because yes. that also makes a big difference. It if does you're make in a, big a difference. If you're in a cold climate and you're daily driving a diesel, not always ideal because until they get up to temperature. They're really not the happiest and less so with more modern trucks than it used to be back in the day with a truck like mine. But
1: um, right. And, and also, you know, let us know if you're going to get a four wheel drive that does make a difference. It actually lowers a few things with towing, but at the same time, it gives you more capability, you know, that type of thing. So let us know, uh, give us some more details, and then we can be a little bit more specific with our answer. And better yet, by then, Andre will be back from his many trips. And Andre will get into the weeds with all this information. He loves that kind of stuff. (laughs) He does. He really does. So let's get on to the next question.
2: Yeah. So the next question, uh, well, I guess is, do you want me to read it because it's
1: (laughs) going to embarrass you if you more
2: of a comment? Well, so we had a a great viewer named Charles Warren uh, that I actually got to meet, as it so happened. He was visiting Colorado, um, and he just shot a, a note thanking us for you know, ha- having, having him come by getting to meet him, uh, his daughter Evie as well. Um, and he also wanted to say that, that our videos and everything have helped him choose both of the four trucks that he's gotten in the last 10 years and that he's been really happy with those. Um, and he also wanted to send a shout out to Mr. Truck because he said, I can tell he is an old truck driver like myself.
1: And by the way, Case is too embarrassed to read the fact that they were thrilled with meeting Case and that he was a total gentleman giving them a quick little tour. Uh, By the way, guys, um, most of you figured out where we are, essentially where we are (laughs) in Boulder, Colorado. Um, And we love meeting our fans. Unfortunately, because of the schedule and the fact that we're a small team, usually half, if not three-quarters of our team is gone almost all the time, especially now that the restrictions from COVID have been lowered. We're now going to events again. We're going to, well, right now Roman and Andre are at a car show, and i believe that you guys are going to south dakota you and alex are going to south dakota yeah we have a motorcycle event yeah um i i'm going to you know an event here and there about three or four events coming up so if you think about the amount of time that we're actually in the studio we're really not very much when we get here that's when we fire off these things so if you do come by and you really want to see us there's very good chance that you may not be able to find all of us and or in some cases any of us so um definitely send us a note if you wanted to meet if you happen to be in the area especially if you got something cool that we can shoot that'd be awesome
2: yeah exactly just shoot us an email at ask at tfl truck and hopefully we can arrange something like nathan said especially if you have a cool vehicle a lot of times we'll have people shoot us a note and say hey i'm doing this cool road trip cross country and this vehicle of mine um and we end up filming a, a video with with the people that are passing by so yeah like a dude i love
1: my car or something along those lines so or truck um, so yeah, keep that in mind. It, it, we wish we could do fan meetups. We've tried a few in the past. It's just very difficult to get. You know, our logistics are just not there. <laughs> it's hard enough just to get everybody where they're supposed to go regularly for shows yeah. and for uh, for <laughs> press events. So it, it it's difficult, but we are working on it. Just a shout out to future auto shows. Provided everything keeps moving the way it's going. Right now we're at Chicago. We will be at the LA Auto Show, and I suspect we'll be at some other auto shows in the near yeah, future. Yeah, Detroit, I know I'm I'm going to be shooting that. Yep, so Detroit's, Detroit's going to be different. Um, and there will be some other stuff as well. So we will be around. Uh, let us know if you guys are going to be there. Okay, so thank you, Charles, for visiting. We really appreciate it. And your daughter Evie, that was great. Um, let sorry I wasn't here for that. Um, <laughs> let's move on to Christopher. Yeah, um, this is
2: our last question. So uh, Christopher Beauty asked us uh, David and Project Powder Keg. This is over on the TFL Classics channel. Uh, his 1992 Chevy 3500 named Powder Keg. He was Christopher is asking if it's been sold. If we're going to list it on TFL Bids, uh, he was just wondering about an update on that truck. So, uh, sort of an interesting situation. David was finishing up that truck, um, just getting the last couple things buttoned up on it. It's actually a really nice truck. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, now, um, when he got it, it was, it was pretty messed up. It was, and it was pretty rough. It was rough, yeah. And mechanically, the it was clothes, okay. Right, and... Yeah,
2: it had some damage on really just the one door. The rest of the body was pretty good. Um, and he repainted it. It went through the interior, did a really good job tidying up the truck on a budget. So it's not some crazy Pebble Beach kind of build. No, it's no, still but a working it's, it, man's truck. It's
1: a working man's truck, but, but now it looks it's a pretty great. clean. And it drives really good. well. Right. Yeah.
2: It, and I'm amazed, actually, those old Chevy 3500s. With the independent front suspension, they ride impressively well. Yeah, they
1: do, and at, at the time, they were they were sort of in a league of their own. Yeah, uh, manual transmission. Yeah, it's a cool truck. It's an NV4500,
2: so five-speed manual. He's got a 454 fuel injected V8, um, so it actually has got some go-to. Four-wheel it.
1: drive. Yep, four-wheel, four-wheel drive. Wheel drive so, so uh, it's an interesting truck, um, and I believe uh, it's kind of in limbo right now. Yeah,
2: so the plan has been to sell that truck on TFL bids and if that ends up being what happens then we'll be sure to let everybody know that it's going up for sale because we want to get as many eyes on it as possible. But uh, right now, because that truck is so clean and cool, one of David's good friends actually offered him uh, a trade for another truck. It's a two-wheel drive Cummins in really good shape and also uh a really cool fuel injection system i think like a holly fuel injection system so david is is considering uh getting this other truck because he wants to swap that cummins into another project truck he has and try and get that on the road um but depending on how that deal if it does or doesn't work out uh that truck might still end up going on bids i don't blame you for asking because i actually lust after that truck myself yeah, and I've I've spent some time around it in person, and it, uh, yeah, it's, your it's driveway even better is getting than getting a little looks. full though. Before you, my uh, driveway is more full than you would imagine. I, I, I have I, seven motorcycles and a car in my garage, and then we have four, yeah. four trucks in and the then driveway. Four truck, yeah, that's
1: <laughs> yeah, my. They're not uh, all mine, but uh, <laughs> that's, that, I think that's a awesome. couple of them are. So uh, you want to read off the new patrons? Uh, was, Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. And, and guys, once again, thank you for supporting us. Without your support, we would not be here.
2: Yeah, yeah. So just to wrap up our our little uh, Patreon intro here, uh, our new patrons who are helping support us, support us making videos and doing everything that we do are Christopher Beauty, uh, Charles Warren, Wally Al-Samiri, Remy Gomez, Dan Oberst, Catherine Montez, Mike Barbado, and Robert Burke. So huge thanks to you guys. Yeah, thank you guys very much. And once again,
1: because you guys are uh, Patreon supporters, if you have questions, shoot them our way. We will answer them, Um, and you may get two answers or even three uh, via email from us right here doing the podcast. You name it. Okay, let's move on to our main topic, which is cool and interesting trucks that you guys can get for under ten grand that are currently available. And maybe some ideas, which is sort of my whole point of making this list, because once again, it would have been easy enough for me just to go find some 1500s and F-150s and Tacomas and whatnot. But I wanted to try some different stuff for some of you guys who might be looking for vehicles that are easier to acquire that just other people aren't thinking about. And I know that in some cases there are some real issues, and we'll talk about some of those. But let's get to it. So... First of all, the first three come from Los Angeles, California. That's where I was born and raised.
2: Yeah, not a bad place to find vehicles for sale.
1: Yeah, Um, yes, and actually interesting you mentioned that. Yes and no. Um, There's an interesting thing about different places that uh, sometimes you have to look at certain things. So for instance, Los Angeles coastal town and some of the places there can be a little too close to the beach. As such, you have to look for rust in some unusual places. Um, Also, in many cases, and this is true in many states, uh, vehicles are modified. So what I've tried to do with this list is avoid vehicles that have been heavily modified because you are inheriting somebody else's project. Finally, this list has vehicles that have been stated as running good or in really good condition or anything but mechanics special or needs help, runs really good, except which i tried to avoid that basically i want to turnkey vehicles that you guys could take to work or to you know home or whatever or off-road not all of these are four by fours in fact i'd say almost half of these are rear drive because True. rear drive trucks a lot
2: less expensive a
1: lot less expensive and mo- there's another thing a lot easier to maintain uh not having a transfer case not having everything up front all that stuff believe it or not well i'm sure you believe it Uh, you can get a very reliable rear-drive truck that'll go a lot further on a buck than a four-wheel drive truck as much as I love 4x4s. Okay, enough of the intro.
2: Yeah, first item on the list is actually a a truck that I, for the most part, really can't grill you for at all, unfortunately. Um, It's a first-gen Toyota Tundra, which is something that over on the TFL Classics channel... People have been asking us for constantly, they really want to see us do some kind of build-in series around a first-generation Tundra. I've been like, seriously like thinking about buying them. Me. Yeah, I'll, and I'll go into that in you. you can get them with a V8 and a manual,
1: too, which would be really Not, cool. No, you can't get both. Oh, you can't get no, both? No, no, no. Believe me, I oh, researched the hell out of this. Yeah, I know. But we'll get into that in a second. Um, I never would have guessed that. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah there's the V6. Yeah, yeah. Um, let, let, but let's let's talk about what we got. It's actually behind you. Uh, for those of you who are not uh, watching, if you're listening to us on a podcast, behind uh, case is a photo of a first generation uh, Toyota Tundra. Now uh, let's go into the Tundra history, really brief. Um, before the Tundra, there was the T100, which by the way is on this list. We'll get to that in a minute. And the um, Toyota Tundra was a really interesting attempt at taking on. The big three it was a full-size truck the capability wasn't quite there compared to the big three right well what was there was ridiculous reliability the 4.7 liter v8 has been known to do a million miles i kid you not now, yeah we not, have a it, we have a video of one uh, 4.7 v8 that was over a million miles that's right and we've heard from other viewers saying yeah i'm on five hundred thousand miles still going strong uh really good setup Decent weight distribution on that truck. I've driven these off-road before I actually was one of some of the earlier stuff I did as a journalist was the first gen Toyota Tundra uh, when they came out with their TRD version and It's a remarkable little truck and it is little in terms of space, right? So There are a couple issues. Uh, We'll get to those in a few moments, but I wanted to talk about what we found
2: Yeah, this particular one is 7600 bucks? Mm-hmm. Uh, like you were mentioning earlier, this is one of the rear-wheel drive trucks that we're looking at. Yeah,
1: it says that, but it also on the side of the truck, it says TRD Off-Road. Uh, that so is true.
2: So it's always hard to tell with some of these ads until you actually stick your head under the truck. I guess you really don't know what you're getting. Right. Um, you would You would think... That a TRD would be four wheel drive, but you would also think yeah, that a t- uh, four wheel drive truck would be advertised as such because that makes it a lot nicer. Yeah,
1: but you, they, they may have clicked the wrong thing when they were doing when they were entering it into Craigslist. This is a Craigslist truck in Los Angeles, um, so it's entirely possible that it does have the 245 horsepower 4.7 liter V8. Yeah, it does say that it has eight cylinders, so assuming that's correct, <laughs> that's the right
2: one, and. Oh, it's got a V8 badge on the back. So it's definitely a V8. Uh, pretty clean body. Not too bad on the interior either. It looks yeah. like it's maybe a little
1: smelly, but... 200. Oh, come on. You can't... You never know. I mean, they may have actually... <laughs> they, may, they may be in a fairly... It could it, smell better than it, it looks. It, it could smell better than it looks. So here's a couple things about the um, the Tundra that he was just mentioning. Um, yes, there is a version of the Tundra. I think it went up to a 2006 but there were some variables there but uh, that did have a manual transmission however that was only available with the 3.4 liter v6 i can't believe
2: that are they trying to kill our fun
1: yeah well you know it's kind of like they had even back then people were starting to slow down on their lusts for manual transmissions um but before we get into the v6 uh let's talk about the v8 if you got the rear drive v8 basically set up for max towing which is the best way to do it rear drive uh, 7,200 pounds basically was the max towing. Not a lot, but it was decent. And if you got the V6, you probably are going to lose, say, about 3, 3, oh, 2,500 pounds. Roughly, you get about 5,000 pounds towing, I believe. Now, um, if you get, you can get a four-wheel drive, 3.4-liter V6 with their little extra cab, it is out there, but they're they're really, really rare. They're super hard to find. Basically what you're looking at at that point is an enlarged Toyota Tacoma uh, in terms of you know powertrain and all that. But it is a lot bigger and it is a very different type of truck. They're super hard to find. Easier to find are the 4.7 liter V8s. Um, once again, they're legendary. So it's a it's an interesting choice for a truck as opposed to other models out there. Unfortunately, in order to buy any of these Toyota trucks that are gonna be on this list, you have to bear in mind that most of them have a lot of miles on them.
2: All right. Yeah, and definitely look out for a little bit of rust. Now, uh, the number nine on this list, the next truck that we're looking at, It's a 1982 Chevy C10. Yes. Uh, This is another one of the trucks that's in California. It's Mm -hmm. another rear-wheel drive truck. It's weird,
1: and that's why I brought it up there. You'll see why.
2: Yeah, well, the nice thing about this for a California buyer, at least, if you want to build something cool out of it, is that this one is smog-exempt. So one of the most highlighted things in this ad is that it's ideal for a common swap,
1: Duramax swap, LS swap of any kind. Right, Um, so uh, two-wheel drive you know, short bed, standard cab, pickup truck. Uh, this one's for $10,000. And um, what's cool about it, for, for those of you who live in California, you know how difficult emissions can be. This one is emissions exempt because initially the even number matches that of a diesel. And until they change the law, that means that you can put pretty much whatever you want in there without having to worry about any ramifications. Although you will be melting polar ice caps, but We'll get into that some other time. This one has a 350. It looks like it's been slightly modded. That's under the hood. I'm guessing a four-speed automatic transmission. could be a 400. It could be something else. But anyway, that's under there. Um, It's interesting to see this setup in this truck. And it could be a lot of fun for people who want to do some tuning, and that's yeah. why I mentioned it. It's 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 something that you can really tear into and not have to worry about legalizing it, so to speak, um, you know, or trying to you know only driving it off road or whatever. No, 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 no. This is something very different. So something to keep in mind. And it is in Los Angeles, and it is still for sale.
2: Yeah, and and cool, really cool body, very. Blocky, iconic. Square body. Only just a little bit of rust on this particular truck. Super repairable. But this is going to be the first truck I give you a little grief for because this particular one is exactly $10,000. And uh, that's a lot of money for a truck that is ideally a project which needs some work. Now, granted, the truck market right now is just completely insane. Everything is so much more expensive than it should be. And I guess that's the price that you pay for a truck that's not only running and driving and has potential, but one that is cool and desirable, but still, a oh man, $10,000 for it C10. It is a lot a of dough. Yeah. I, I mean, rough. I would
1: negotiate with the guy. I'd, I'd yeah. try to get eight or whatever. And we don't, <laughs> one thing you didn't mention is how good it drives or, you know, what the modifications Just are. That but it does. It does. And the 350, you know, it looks period. It looks like it should be in there and all that, but... um, so it's nothing too weird or twisted, but that's the point about this truck. And that's one thing I liked about it. I thought about, hmm, you can modify the hell out of this thing and really suffer no consequences uh, other than your wallet getting lighter. Okay, let's move on to the next one, which is also a Toyota. But this one's a little different.
2: Yeah, this is the Toyota T100. The particular yeah. one you found uh, is the final one that's in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 7500 bucks. And it looks to be in pretty nice shape. T one hundred is a pretty interesting truck. I mean, that was
1: more or less Toyota's first stab at
2: at kind of a larger pickup truck, right?
1: It was indeed, and it wasn't a perfect attempt. But there were things that happened along the way, and Toyota began to learn as they produced this truck. Now, a lot of people right out of the ba- you know right off the bat said, "Well, I don't want this truck because it doesn't have V V8. And it never did. Uh, there were test mules that did have the V eight, but it, 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 as a model, it never had that what it did have starting from the early days was a four cylinder and there were yeah the 2.7 uh, which right. we no pretty the three well 3 liter V6 and then the uh, 3.4 now during its run it went from being a standard cab with a long bed to having an extra cab very snug extra cab but but usable uh, I've actually managed to sit in the back of the thing with a short driver in front of me so it size-wise was one of those things that was really close I would say to a Dodge Dakota of the time Um, so not quite up there with the full-size truck. With that being said, they were super durable, especially if you got the right one. Uh, there are some issues to look for. These trucks in some cases had horrible frame rot. Uh, even coming out shortly after production, some of them had some real issues and there were massive recalls. Uh, I won't go into all the major details, but it was something that made Toyota rather red-faced, and they had to actually replace frames on trucks, I kid you not. Um, They did sort some of that out, and they managed to make this truck better and better every year. To the point that they made a supercharged version of this truck, Hmm. so you could get a four-wheel drive supercharged 3.4 liter with either a five-speed manual or, I believe, a four-speed automatic, now, the thing about the, it was a TRD supercharger, and you could order it, but it didn't come from the factory. I believe the dealership actually had to put it on for you, but it was still a warranted component. I've actually driven in this truck. I've driven almost every version of the T100. It's a very charming truck, very light on its toes for what it is, except for the four-cylinder, which came with that 2.7 liter. Pretty much the same one that we had inside of tiny little uh baby Yoda. Yeah,
2: that was that was not a very powerful engine. And I mean, even the 3.4, it's it's doable, but it's not a fast motor by any means. Yeah. That supercharged 3.4 is impressive. We actually had a Tacoma with a supercharged V6 race against our TRX at the drag strip, and granted, it didn't beat the TRX, but it did impressively well for as old of a little truck as it was. Now, and I think that was a 4-liter Tacoma. Too.
1: Was it the 4-liter Tacoma that was supercharged? Or was that a
2: 3.4? I want to say it was a 3.4, Okay, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah, it was still I, a
1: freaking rocket. And yeah, that truck was quick. Yeah, and so add-on... Uh, about 800 pounds and <laughs> do it again and that's what you had with this truck so uh granted not the fastest truck even by the standards of the day but with that supercharged engine up here in colorado having a supercharger is very valuable and uh, there are still some out there they're hard to find and they're not cheap this one is the 3.4 liter v6 not supercharged the four cylinder or sorry with the four speed automatic transmission and rear drive just a work truck. Um, I think these trucks make excellent work trucks. Uh, one of the things I really like about them, case, is that I can reach in and actually touch the bottom of the bed with no problem. So if it's at a work site or you know if you're trying to do something off road and loading a motorcycle, whatever. It's very easy to get in and out of in terms of the bed and do work in the bed, and I, it's valuable for some people. Not everybody cares about that, but I do. That's okay. lost on a lot of new
2: trucks. The uh, the okay, bed okay. on the TRX comes up to my chin. <laughs> it's, I, it's, it's some insane. of these
1: Super Duty trucks and, and all that. I I cannot reach into, and I'm taller than you i a pretty good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and I can't even get in there. Andre and Roman, who are the tallest here, uh, you know, have to go on their tippy toes in order to touch, you know, the base of the bed from the outside. And in some cases, they can't even do that. Okay, let's move on though to um, your neighborhood. I yeah, believe. so
2: now we're looking at trucks that are in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, which could be good or bad. It's definitely That's case a little of stomping a little humid ground if you there.
1: Didn't know. Um, and but. But, but I wanted to, before we get into that, talk about, you know, what do you look for in, in vehicles that you're buying, especially trucks in Georgia? Because it's a different type of climate, very humid.
2: Yeah, uh, granted, hey, it's definitely humid. And parts of Georgia are even on the coast. But at the same time, we don't really get any snow. So um, rust isn't usually a major, major issue. It's definitely possible. Um, but, yeah, I mean... It's not know. like Arizona. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, 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 I don't. I don't know that Georgia has a ton in particular that you have to be really careful of. I, I'd say same things that you look for in
1: generally mild climates. So, in terms of the vehicles that we found here, um, quite a few of them were rear drive. Um, I think that in general, um, most of the vehicles that I was researching rear drive is that common there? I mean, not a whole lot of people doing. Yeah, you really
2: fly. don't need four wheel drive right. if you live in Georgia, there's except no, for a lot of snow. And, yeah, the yeah. one time every five years that you get a little bit of snow and it turns straight into ice, and you know, even our four wheel drive F two fifty you couldn't get into uh, into our garage from a you know one inch lip because ice is ice. Right. And we don't have anything to deal with that kind of weather. Uh, we're not at all equipped with the with the kind of Heavy-duty machinery that you need to to handle that, but um, yeah, a lot of lot of two-wheel drive trucks there okay, so it's in, in the South in, in general, and that's that's perfectly fine, especially if you want to maximize how much you can tow, reduce the weight of your vehicle itself. Um, so, this next vehicle that we're looking at on the list, the one that's in Georgia, uh, the first, is. A two thousand seven Ford Explorer Sport Trek. Yeah. kind of a weird truck. This one is also rear wheel drive. Um, mm-hmm. Two hundred three thousand miles, sixty eight hundred bucks. Has a four liter V six. Really good V six. Uh, yeah, this is kind of an an interesting choice. I mean, it's Isn't it?
1: well. Before you go on, let me let me let me throw this out there. A lot of you guys have been curious about the Ford Maverick and the um, Santa Cruz from Hyundai, and what was the other one? Oh, oh, of course, in the Honda Ridgeline. Okay, so look at those three car based pickups and you'll notice that they have very small beds that's part of the deal. So what if you wanted something like that but you didn't want to pay a ridiculous amount of money for it and you wanted a frame underneath. Well, your prayers have been answered in Georgia because <laughs> 2007 Ford Explorer Sport Track which by the way is the second generation of the Ford Explorer Sport Track which is it's it's not a lot of people get it confused. They think it's uh, like a four-door v- version or crew cab version of a Ford Ranger and it's not, it really is not an, an Explorer. Yeah. Um, which means that it does have a comfortable cab, but it has a tiny bed. Um, I think the bed is four feet like one or something like that. However, fairly good sized tailgate. So when you drop it down, suddenly you're over five feet in length and you can actually hold some wood and whatnot. And it's not too bad. Uh, this one is the four liter. There was a V8 that was available. Um, actually, I think there were a couple different V sixes that were available. Um, the previous generation did have a manual transmission option. I don't know if this one did. I don't believe it has. Um, this one, by the way, is an XLT, so it has a really nice looking interior. Uh, it's, I think it's well equipped. Six thousand eight hundred bucks. It could tow a maximum of fifty three hundred pounds with the V six, I believe. But if you got the V8, then you can go over 7,000 pounds, I believe. Once again, it's it's kind of a weird vehicle. It's an unusual ether. But let's say you guys wanted a Ford Ranger, but you really wanted a comfortable back seat, and you didn't have to haul that much. Well, maybe this is something to look at. I think they're kind of cool because they're weird. Some people hate them, absolutely can't stand them. Uh, they're not great off-road. I, I know there are 4x4 versions of these, and they're just a little too long and kind of ungainly and not capable. And... Well, the biggest issue is really turning radius. They're horrible. Uh, But other than that, I I just think that, you know, for a basic truck, it's kind of an interesting idea.
2: Yeah. And again, I mean, if you want a truck that's not gigantic, it doesn't drive too different from your average car SUV type of thing. Yeah. It's definitely an option, especially uh, if you don't want to spend a ton of money. Now, next Mm -hmm. truck that we're looking at on this list. I like this one. It's a... that's that's funny you're definitely gonna get uh i don't even have to give you flag for this everybody in the comments is probably gonna (laughs) do it for me um it's a 2005 chevy avalanche lt lt uh for five thousand dollars that's indicator i will say five thousand dollars that's a a damn good price. 164,000 miles. It's not too, not too, bad. too bad. because yeah. these GM V8s, are they're solid motors. You can definitely do more than 160,000 miles the if four you speed care ma-
1: Four-speed automatic transmission hooked up to a 5.3-liter V8. As long as it's taken care of, it'll last a while. Um, but there, there's this is an interesting truck. Um, you know, the, the, the Chevy Avalanche was sort of loved and hated. Right.
2: Exactly. That's that's been exactly my experience with them because I've known a few people that own them, whether they bought them new back in the day or they bought them used for very little money like this one. A lot of people that drive them and say it's a perfectly fine vehicle. It works great. And then, of course, there's a lot of people out there that hate them. They say they're not a real truck. It's so ugly.
1: Yeah, I don't care about the looks. The whole point here is, is truck. Now, what's interesting and speaking of looks, um, this one is the later of the first generation. And what they did, General Motors uh, discontinued the cladding. If you recall, the very first generation of these trucks yeah. had cladding everywhere. And unfortunately, they used a plastic that wasn't particularly good, and it got... Like great really quick, and some of it would disintegrate. So they actually had to put on a special coating. They did a factory recall where you'd bring the truck in, and they would recode it. And this new stuff that they'd put on there, in many cases, actually helped it. And <laughs> but I mean, it's a hell of a mistake. So uh, shortly after they introduced the original um, avalanche, they actually offered a version without cladding, a cladded, cladded free version, which I thought looked a lot better. And then they just stop the cladding altogether. Anyway, so I I don't recommend the one with the cladding if you're into aesthetics because some of it might discolor in weird ways or fall apart or even disintegrate, which I'm having problems with right now with a GM product I'm working with that's around the same year. So uh, a couple other things real quick. This is a rear-drive model, I believe, which is one of the reasons why it's so inexpensive. But the thing about these trucks that's very interesting is, let's say you are in a crunch and you need to hold something that is more than six feet long. You can convert the cab, and it does have a a mid-gate that drops, and you can hold really long things in this truck and have still room up front for three. Yes, this version has uh, the bench seat up front and the bench seat in the rear, so you can actually hold up to six people. It's actually the lower models uh, back then that had that option, whereas in the higher level ones had that giant console in the middle that, um, you know, made it difficult for you to put anything in there other than drinks and a computer (laughs) back then, who knows. Anyway, uh, so interesting truck and an interesting option for those people who occasionally need to load heavy stuff, but kind of need an SUV every day. Um, I think that they were brilliant ideas. Big complaint I hear from people is that they rattle a lot.
2: I don't doubt that. Yeah, I mean, GM's uh, especially interior quality in that era wasn't uh, exemplary.
1: Let's no, say. Not, not, not exactly. And also that whole midgate section. Uh, there are certain people who would say, or I've heard from people, I should say, uh, that have said that the uh, some of the components that have been used in that area get a little brittle or fall apart. That's including gaskets and whatnot. And then all the stuff that's in the back that you can get. There's special boards that you can get. There's special uh, little extra cubbies you can get that go in the bed. And a lot of that stuff would rattle around. This is according to other reports. I have not had that per, uh, personal experience. I almost bought one of these. But the 2500 version. And they did have a 2500, which is available the first couple of years. And that thing was a monster. <laughs> Massive V8 454. Um, you know larger axles and everything else unfortunately it was not to me because my wife didn't like them which may have saved me a lot of money i don't know um but it is an interesting choice so let's move on uh to another one and this one is a ram yes uh you, you feeling better <laughs> i'm feeling much better okay this is a 2003 ram 1500 so it is the newer version this, from the rounded body original this is the next step
2: yeah, so it's a generation after my truck mm-hmm. uh, We're at a Cummins. I would call it a third gen. Yeah. Um, it's a 2003 single cab, short bed Ram, uh, 97,000 miles, this and it's a $7,500 that... truck. It's, yeah, that's, not that's too bad.
1: really good. Now, for those of you guys who are looking for a first truck, uh, for those of you guys who are looking for a great little work truck and don't need four-wheel drive, I mean, a vehicle that has under 100,000 miles that you can get for yeah. it's you know, got a V8 probably, too. Yeah, it's got the 4.7, which is it's not the most powerful engine, but they're known to be very reliable as long as they're taken care of. According to the owner, this truck is well maintained. Uh, I mean, they could tow over 7,000 pounds with this setup. Uh, yeah, I, think 7, I actually, pounds. I
2: I have a, a bit of an anecdote with this, a very similar truck. uh oh. My folks back in the day used a contractor, this carpenter named Mark Little super talented guy, really nice guy. Um, His dad was a drag racer. He always drag raced Mopar vehicles. And so he was a Dodge guy. And he had a similar year single cab long bed Ram 1500 with a V8. And it was, uh, I think he still has it actually, all black um, with the kind of period correct chrome wheels that came from the factory on it. So at the time it was a pretty nice spec out truck and he used it for all of his contracting work. The back of the truck was always full of lumber, paint, everything that he needed to do carpentry work and I mean he had 3 400,000 miles on the truck. Paint still looked immaculate, truck ran like a clock and he just loved it. He never ever Wanted to get rid of it. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a while. But yeah, you should last ask him I heard, about that.
1: He, he's still driving that truck around That'd be a cool walk-around video actually. Would. Um, so uh, this one is not a long, it's a short bed, but otherwise it's basically the same spec um, There are a couple things to keep in mind with this truck uh, the four-speed automatic transmission as we know from experience They can be a little wonky uh, if they're not taken care of or if they're abused this truck doesn't look like the guy you know raced it or off-roaded it very much it looks like it's in pretty clean condition Um, i think it's one of the gems on this list for those people who are just they just want a solid work truck that they can commute with and i think that this is a good one if you don't have to worry about a lot of passengers i'm pretty sure the bench seat will hold three people Uh, not very comfortable to do that with these types of trucks to be honest with you but still uh you know if you don't need to hold more than 3 people then i guess you're okay um but more importantly this looks like a solid truck and less than 100,000 miles for that price is quite a deal
2: yeah now this next truck unsurprisingly is another truck that i'm pretty excited about yeah i knew you would be yeah and we're now transitioning from trucks for sale in georgia to some trucks for sale in denver this is a 2002 so a second generation dodge dakota it is four-wheel drive it has a v8 6500 bucks 265,000 miles which is a lot but the owner says it's got no issues mechanically electrically or cosmetically it's also even got a topper on
1: it um that seems like it's a pretty a nice looking sweet nice-looking truck, deal. isn't it? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm hoping we can get the picture up there, but this truck looks immaculate, and it's a personal favorite of mine. I, I don't know about you. I mean, oh, yeah, a lot of people totally. like the first-gen Dakotas as well. They're really cool-looking. I love yeah. the boxy body on uh, those. I but. love the second-generation Dakota. I've been trying to find an excuse to get one for years. Uh, there are so many different variables that work well with this. For one thing, you can get V8s like this one. You can even get much larger displacement V8s. There's a six-cylinder that's not so great. They even had four-cylinders with these trucks. They were solid little trucks that can haul quite a bit, actually. Um, This one can tow between 5,000 and 6,600 pounds. It really depends on the setup, how much weight's in the truck, and whether or not it has certain V8 or whatnot. But uh, still, you know, decent amount of towing. And for the price... If it's running really good, I mean that is a really good looking truck that looks frankly near factory and as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, and when we were at the peak of our Dude I Love My Ride at Home series where people were sending in videos of their trucks, um, which actually is is still open, especially if you have a classic yeah, if vehicle. Got we, send love, it in. we love featuring cool classics. Um But when we were at the peak of that series, we had a number of people send in videos of their Dodge Dakotas, and they were guys who had a couple hundred thousand miles on their trucks and just loved them. So from a lot of the owner experiences that we've heard, people tend to really like these trucks. So there's got to be something to
1: them. It's an interesting truck because early on, especially with the first generation, no truck out there stood with it because it was just a little bit bigger. Uh, later on in time, you may have noticed, you'll see the early generation Ford Rangers enlarged. You'll see the early generation Chevy S10 enlarge. They all grew a little bit. Part of that had to do with being competitive with the Dakota, which was a very good seller for a long time. Things changed, as you guys know. We won't go into the whole history of the Dakota right now, but I can tell you this. It's a very handy size. It is a truck that, if you get the right one, the interior, I think, is quite nice and can accommodate me. I'm a big, big, fat guy, so I fit (laughs) comfortably in it. Um, They did have quad-cap versions. They did have crew-cap versions of it. They did have long-bed versions, four-wheel drive. Really, it was the pinnacle of a unique market and unique niche but unfortunately that's disappeared we're hoping they bring it back in some way um let's move on to something very different it's not a pickup
2: yeah yeah which is probably (laughs) going to make some people upset but it might as well be a truck because it's very trucky well it's a truck it's it's just not a pickup truck it's a 2000 ford excursion and this one is four-wheel drive and it has a v10 uh this one is for sale for 9,800 bucks 190,000 miles, and these excursions are way cool. Now, you're probably not going to find one of these uh, at a low price, but they also made these excursions with 7.3 Power Strokes, which is way, way cool. I would love to have one of these trucks with a 7.3 Power Stroke, Uh, but again, those are going to be a lot more
1: expensive. Now, at the time, uh, Ford produced the excursion specifically to go up and beat down the Chevy um, uh, Suburban. And one of the things they wanted was a truck that could tow more and haul more and was even beefier. And this is a heavy duty truck. Uh, It had a heavy duty undercarriage. Um, It was built to tow a lot. This V10 version has a max tow rating of 10,000 pounds. Now the one you're looking at, or I don't know if you guys are able to see it, but the one that we saw in Denver uh, is for $9,800, obviously four speed automatic transmission. And built for off-roading, this one has a couple extra little goodies on it, including some really beefy tires, so it can do some off-roading. But because it weighs as much as Jupiter, (laughs) I wouldn't recommend doing too much on narrow paths and areas where there may be some shaky ground. Uh, I, I really like these trucks, and so do a lot of people out there. You know what they're doing, Case? What are they They're doing? They're taking these trucks. Uh, there are a couple of guys who do this. I think there's one out in Arizona um, and they strip them all the way down. They pay a lot of money to do this. They strip them all the way down, they put in all new components and basically bring them back up. So Ford fans can have a heavy duty SUV that can hold between seven and eight people and I think even nine. I think there was a provision to have a front bench seat as well and also tow like a maniac and then they would just add all these new goodies to them to make them modern and expensive i mean we're talking over 100 grand for these things but if you think about it nothing else out there exists like this truck so a lot of people and I, i'm not talking about two or three i'm talking about you know a couple hundred people have actually gone and done this and it's interesting to see um i, I love the fact that these ford fans are out there and there's been rumors about them coming back with this, you know, Ford building a right. heavy-duty, which they I haven't mean, yeah. quite done.
2: It, it would be a hard thing to do. I mean, vehicles at this point are just being pushed and pushed more towards getting smaller, more efficient. But could you imagine with modern Ford styling, technology, and interior, and a six-seven power stroke? Why not an excursion? Yeah. how cool would that be? And 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 honestly, oh.
1: what if they were to take the the body from the current, you know, um, expedition? And just stretched out a little bit and threw it on top of a heavy duty platform. Yeah, Bambo well, wonder... Bamo, you got yourself a beefy, super, you know, untouchable SUV. I'm sure it would be more
2: difficult, sadly, than all that. But uh, I, I'm, I'm imagining the front end of an F two fifty with an SUV body behind yeah. it, like the excursion of back in the day, and just oh. I I like that idea. Don't hit the microphone. Yeah, I just smacked
1: it really hard. Uh, I did it again. God, I have mosquito bites all over me. For you guys who don't know that, I, I recently got eaten alive, and it's really bad. So I've been itching. Sorry. All right, um, but next. let's get to the last one. Um, well, actually, we've got two more trucks. Oh on my our gosh, list. I forgot about the one I love. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: The one that you put last is going to cause all kinds of controversy. That's but fine, that's fine. this truck right here, it's uh, also for sale in Colorado, sixty-five hundred dollars. Four wheel drive sounds good so far, right? Well, guess what? It's also supercharged right. for sixty five hundred dollars. This is a two thousand two Nissan Frontier, and the fact that you can get a supercharged Frontier crew for sixty five hundred bucks is crew cab. Like I said, four wheel drive. Um, it's an automatic transmission. Granted, and like you're, you're, yeah, you're just gonna have a hard time finding any one of these manual that's not crazy. They, they exist.
1: I don't think you can get the manual with the crew cab. But you can get it with the extra cab. Um, I've and, seen them, and the cool thing about these these SCs, and that's what it is, is it's a Frontier SC. Um, they have, you know, a supercharged engine, but they also have some other unique touches that make them distinguish them uh, differently than your regular models, which I think is kind of cool. So the wheels are unique and everything else. Now this model, this particular one, I'm pretty sure that green is not factory. Um, yeah, it looks a little.
2: And also Weird. although the door jams are the same color I don't know if it if, if it be. was repainted it was done I, I decently I, well at least
1: yeah if 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 it was that's great if not then that's no surprise. either way, it doesn't matter. I think it's cool. um it does have a little bit of a lift but it doesn't look like you went too crazy with any other mods as I said, I don't like mods when I'm looking for a good running truck. Now, there are a couple things to keep in mind. Uh, even though it was a supercharged V6, still didn't have a ton of horsepower, it was 210. Uh, I think it was 224 pound-feet of torque. But if you had the manual transmission, uh, no, no, it was 246 pound-feet of torque with the manual and 231 pound-feet of torque with the automatic, I believe, and that makes sense. Because the manual, at the time, this is back before things changed, could actually handle a little bit more torque. But I could be wrong. And if you guys are fans of the Frontier SC, let me know if I'm backwards on that. I will happily be corrected. But the cool thing about these trucks, once again, high elevation. Trucks really do struggle up here when they are normally or naturally aspirated, however you want to put it. This does not have those problems. These trucks are quick. And between that and the fact that they're just solid little trucks that are extremely maneuverable even the long wheelbase ones i think they're fantastic and if you can find one and they're super rare it's worth your time and trouble but here's the other the thing i want to quickly mention Uh, they're a little expensive to maintain because there's just not many of them out there so you may want to become friendly with a uh Mechanic who knows supercharged engines. The good news is I, I've heard that they're pretty reliable, and the ones that I've seen in the past on the net uh, have between say 150 and 250 thousand miles out there. So something to keep in mind. Very interesting truck, by the way. Um, in, with this setup, you could tow about 5,000 pounds. I believe that's your max.
2: Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool find to, to get a supercharged truck. That would be a decent off-roader. Sixty-five hundred bucks. Not saying it's necessarily a a great idea to buy a supercharged truck with 214,000 miles, but I'm also not necessarily saying it's a bad idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it, it really does depend on yeah. you know, and whether or not you guys can wrench a little bit, perhaps, uh, which might help. But yeah, it honestly, a, it could, could be a cool a, deal. I think it's a good find. Yeah, I, it's it's just unique. And I, once again, I like unique trucks. Um, the final truck. The uh, final truck. I should what say the final pickup. Has been I'm not going to call it a truck. For. Yeah, pickup. Now, uh, for a lot of you people out there, I did mention the Honda Ridgeline before, and that's exactly what we're talking about. Oh, no. Yeah, 2006 <laughs> Honda Ridgeline. <laughs> Uh, before we go into bashing it, I'm not going to, really. Are you making people upset on purpose with this choice? No, or? no, no. There are <laughs> people out there who just don't want a heavy-duty pickup truck or a pickup truck that's really beefy. They just want a commuter that it's occasionally holds It's also almost
2: $10,000, this one that we're looking
1: at. Yeah, there are. And hard it's got
2: to... 127,000 miles.
1: Believe it or not, that's actually a deal. Um, it is? Yeah. yeah Jeez. Is. Now, the fr- this is a first-generation Honda Ridgeline. Uh, Right now, prices are stupid on everything, as you guys know, including this one. I think it's $1,000 too much at least. Um, But there are a couple things to keep in mind. Let's say you've got a small boat or something like that under 5,000 pounds. They tow fairly well. Let's say you have to load stuff in there. I love the bed design of this and the newer Ridgelines. I think it's some of the most intelligent bed designing out there. Once again, very usable. It can hold 1,500 pounds, which is better payload than a lot of the other trucks that are on this list. Um, 255 horsepower, 3.5 liter V6. They're they're pretty good. They moved just fine. In traffic, one of the most comfortable vehicles you will drive. They're even, the newer ones are even better. Oh, my God. That red one we had, HPD or something like that. Yeah, the Honda Performance. Yeah, that was fantastic. I... Unfortunately, my wife fell in love with it. So as I was talking about, like, big, brutal 4 x four, she said, well, what about this one? Ugh. So, yeah, negatives. You know, Just, I, come on, hit me. honestly,
2: the, and, and here's another thing. I, I have to give you some grief for, for making this the final truck that we put on our list, or uh, pickup. I rather. call it a pickup. I don't call it a truck. But I will say, again, when we had a lot of people submitting trucks to us with the Dude, I Love My Ride at Home series, we had a lot of guys reach out about their Honda Ridgelines and say, right. honestly, it's been a great truck. It, you know, for what they were using it for in terms of hauling things, light towing, light off-roading, it was perfectly functional, very practical, efficient, reliable, uh, inexpensive to own. Honda makes a good vehicle, so um, yeah, I I can't be. Too upset about it, but I know there's definitely going to be people out there that With, are going to grill you for including oh, Ridge Line bring it on, on the I list. Absolutely, I'm thrilled about that. Uh, and there, let's yeah. talk
1: about the negatives. One of which is the bed length isn't very good. Um, just like that sports track we were talking about earlier, it's tiny. I think it's five feet. Uh, the sport track was like four feet. Drop the tailgate though, and there's just enough room for uh, a dirt bike if you do it right. Um, I have a friend who lives in California who has a smaller, older quad that he loads in there almost every weekend. He's a photographer, and he goes everywhere and uses this thing to haul, haul, haul. And I think he's got a small—I don't even know the name of the trailer. Oh, a, a Burro, which is like a Casitas, which weighs uh, like 3,000 pounds, and he tows that all the time as well. And he loves it. He's put on like 200,000 miles on this truck. It's a first-gen uh, a couple things to keep in mind. The later transmissions, uh, when they went to a 9-speed, I believe there were some problems early on, but they've sorted those out. Also, we've shown that if you take one of these off-road, and if you're Roman, uh, <laughs> and you leave it in first gear and try to really pound it, you can roast it, and you'll force it to do, go into limpo mode until it cools off. Fortunately, once they cool off, they work again. Not exactly a, a rock-crawling vehicle, Uh, Ground clearance isn't good. There's not much you can do about that. Yeah, you can lift them. Some guys do and put bigger tires on them. But the reality is it's four-wheel independent suspension. There's no solid axle. But on the positive, I've driven every version of the Honda Ridgeline in snow, every single version. And they've all impressed me. If you live in snow country and you don't have to haul a lot, it's a fantastic vehicle to own. The weight distribution on it is fantastic for snow.
2: Yeah, it's not the truckiest thing on this no, it's list. Not. But realistically, for what most people on a day-to-day basis use trucks for, it is more than good enough. So, it's And we've been saying that for situations. years, too.
1: Yeah, we really have been saying that for years. So uh, it's something to keep in mind. One final thing about this truck is that it is now kind of the grandfather of unit body or car-based, if you want to call them minivan-based, um, pickups out there because we're about to have the Santa Cruz from Hyundai and the Ford Maverick. And both of those are in a similar vein, however smaller, so they're even smaller. Uh, And we should hopefully start hearing information about those, including reviews, within the next few months or less. Or less. I think Roman's doing one really, really soon. So, anyway, stay tuned for that. Yeah, a lot of big news coming. (laughs) A lot of big news. So, in the very near future, the guys are going to be going to South Dakota for TFL Bike. Yep. What are you guys going to do there? Oh, we're... Going
2: to ride around on some adventure bikes. Harley-Davidson is bringing out the Pan America. BMW is going to have their GS lineup. There's going to be a lot of different companies there, cool people. Uh, Should be a really fun event. So if you're interested in motorcycle stuff, definitely hop over to the TFL Bike channel. Uh, We like to have fun over there. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Say that again. Uh, We like to have fun over there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: See, Alex, (laughs) it's funny because uh, Alex and Case, uh, of the youngest guys here at tfl we thrill at the fact that they are so adept at doing the motorcycle stuff especially because i'm not stupid enough to do it Mm -hmm. and but but most importantly um this new channel is starting to grow and they are working tirelessly to keep it going while still doing all our car channels so kudos to you guys for kicking butt on that i'm thrilled about it remember they also have a website which is tflbike.com and there will be new stuff loaded up few times a week on that, which is going to be awesome. And finally, I wanted to say once again to our patrons, thank you for supporting us. We do appreciate it.
2: Yeah, big time. And we'll see you guys in the next podcast.
1: Cheers, guys.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.